Welcome to Hammer Time, Season 2, Episode Number 2. This is the 30th episode. If you like the show, you like the picks, and this show brings you happiness, this podcast makes you happy, please rate the show, follow it, share it with your degenerate buddies. Follow me on Twitter at KennyBets13 and at HouseofB40. You get a lot more of us on there. As always, thank you to the wonderful listeners, of which there are many new, many old friends and degenerates alike. Thank you. And I really do have to say that thank you because this has kind of taken off and gotten a little bit of momentum. And I can't say it enough, so thank you. In this episode, we look at some over-under win totals in the Big Ten and the SEC. We talk SEC division and conference winners, and we give our thoughts on what should be again the two best conferences in college football. Let's get into it. And we are, first of all, B, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining I'm doing, me. I'm doing great, Kenny. Thanks for having me on, as always. Yes, sir. It's been a good week. We had some good feedback from the last episode. We kind of talked a little bit. Just That was really just to get the wheels turning, and it got my wheels turning. It got me into into podcast mode i got a new cover art for the podcast there will be an intro that was just have played a second ago um hopefully you guys all like that i don't know it's a lot of gus johnson just screaming and yelling and that gets me fired up it may be a little bit too much but we'll see i i know you thought it was probably a little bit too much right b no i i whatever gets you fired up kenny i'm a hundred percent on board with man so this is your deal. You do a great job, and um, whatever brings you the energy and creates positive vibes, I'm there for it. All right, well, that's easy then. We'll 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 see how the listeners like it. I have a feeling some people are. It's gonna scare the hell out of some people that first time he yells bang, but uh, we'll we'll roll with it. We'll roll with it until I find something new, or it's just more of a demo thing. But um, so anywho. Let's go. I have. Uh, do you care if we flip the script here a little bit, B, and talk about these over/under win season totals first, and then we'll go into our con- our, our our conference and division champions? Do you care if we do that? I think it sounds great. Why don't you start us off then, and start us off somewhere in the SEC, and give us over or under win season totals? All right. Well, I'm going to give you four teams, and I'm going to give you my my predicted records for those four teams. Um, I think Alabama is going to go 11 and one in the regular season. I think Georgia is going to go 12 and zero. I think they're going to run the table. Um, and, you know, in this age of NIL and elite coaching staffs and big money, you know, in the big 10 and the sec, you know, we're, we're all kidding ourselves if we don't recognize that this is quasi-professional football right now. Yep. So, you know, these are, these are the blue blood, top of the heat programs, um, Alabama and Georgia, and they just reload. They coach it well. They recruit well. They develop well. And um, those are the two top dogs. The other two teams that I'll comment on is Florida Gators, as much as I'm pulling for Coach Napier, um, in looking at the schedules, the Gators only have three home SEC games this year, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, according to Phil Steele, they have the nation's toughest number one schedule. 
And as a result of all that, and I reviewed the schedule today, unfortunately, I think the Gators are going to go four and eight this year. They're not going to make a bowl game. And uh, those Gator fans are going to be up in arms and raising hell and, you know, bitching and moaning like they always do. But it's going to be a tough year down in Gainesville. And I just urge Gator Nation to just be patient. Um, you got a tough schedule this year and better days are to come. Kind of the same thing down in Auburn, uh, year one of the Hugh Freeze area that era. They do have 17 returning starters, but well, and they have Georgia and Alabama both at home, which gives them a chance in both of those games. I don't think they're going to win either game, but you know how you know what happens at Auburn. Crazy things happen. Yeah, but I've got uh, they've got A and M on the road, which is going to be tough. I've got the Auburn Tigers going six and six this year and squeezing into a bowl game in year one of the Hugh Freeze era. Wow. So you, you have Auburn. I've gotten a lot of text asking if I will go into more detail on Auburn. So I, I, I do have to say I haven't given them serious consideration or thought, but after hearing what you've said i think i I probably owe it to a lot more people to be more diligent there in that area i for one am on my radar but i will say this we have a lot of things in common there as far as your thoughts and mine and again we do these episodes and we don't communicate really that much prior to we talk for a minute or two before the show but we're pretty much right on par except when it comes to florida um I'll start here with a couple SEC teams. Do you have any more? Or you want to? Is that? Are you good there? No, I'll 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 do my four because I know I know you love South Carolina. Yep. And I figured you'd want to talk to them, so I I want to just let you roll here. Those are my four. Yep, that's good. I, so th- those are good good plays. I like all of those, um, except for the Florida one. I won't harp again. South Carolina over six and a half wins is at plus one fifteen. I am all over this. This is one of my favorite plays. They do come in with the second hardest schedule only to Florida who faces a gauntlet and more on them in a second. But I like, uh, I like the spot for South Carolina over six and a half. I was really, really impressed with them. And obviously I bet pretty heavy on them at the end of the year last year. Uh, I had them in that win against Clemson. I think they were plus four plus 400 somewhere around there. They really, really turned it on. And I think, a lot of the hate for South Carolina comes on the shoulders of Spencer Rattler and he is deserving of, but you know, this is a guy that you guys saw a documentary on in high school, you know, change. He's obviously a much better quarterback. I I think he's a much better quarterback than what he showed us at Oklahoma. I was really impressed the way that he finished out the season last year. His numbers were phenomenal. I think that wide receiver group and the way those guys play at home, I think over six and a half is doable. And I would not be shocked if they come in and upset one or two teams, a big number ups over six and a half. The next one. Okay. Kenny, Kenny, I'm just telling you right now, I love that. And I'm going to tail that bet. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. Yeah. You could say whatever you want about Rattler, you know, kids grow up. 
Yeah. You know, they, they grow up and they mature. And especially when they have quality coaches around them. And I think coach Beamer is a really good football coach. I'm looking at their schedule. They open up with North Carolina at home. Yep. Then they play Furman. Um, they play Jacksonville state. And then, you know, their last four games are at home, Jacksonville state, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. Um, along with Furman, I, I think you can find seven wins in that schedule. I love that play, Kenny. And their last game of the year is Clemson, who they beat last year, right? So, yep. I mean, it, they have Florida sprinkled in, Missouri. Uh, you know, they do have a tough schedule, but, you know, between A&M, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, and then North Carolina and Clemson, if one goes their way, I think you're knocking on the door there at six and a half easily, and you're probably working into the seven or eight range. So I like that play. Um, Georgia, I will not talk about. They're plus 120 to go undefeated. The total obviously puts it at 11 and a half. They come in the middle of the pack this year, 56 toughest schedule. Seems pretty cupcake to me. I'm not sure where that 56 came from. Only true test to me are Tennessee and South Carolina. I think they go undefeated. I agree with you. My last play in the SEC, I know they have the hardest schedule in a million years. Florida over five and a half wins. They have three absolute layups, um, and that would be uh, McNeese, Charlotte, and Vanderbilt. And then I think they find, I think they find three more wins in the nine other games that they. They get to 500, bowl eligible, I believe, in Napier. That's really a lot of emphasis on what you've harped on him and said in the past about him. This number is beat down, right? Everybody in the world, by this point in time, with college football right around the corner, knows, wow, Florida's got a really tough schedule. I'm taking that win season under. I'm there. There's no way they're getting six wins. No way. So five and a half over that, I'm taking that. I'll rock that every day of the week. They have three layups that get them halfway. So if they can find three more wins, which I believe that they will, Napier is 16-4-1 against the spread as an underdog in his career with nine outright upset, uh, upsets. I, I love this. I mean, I, I think this is a smart play. I think it's I'm shocked, frankly, that you aren't on that, on that side. But uh, I do understand it. So you have anything there you want to add? Do you like that? I mean – well, you're you're you make a strong argument, Kenny. I'm going to go back and um, take another look because I, I do like Coach Napier. Um, yeah. It's a proud program. Uh, I'd love for the dude to win seven games and go to a bowl. I'd love it. But, yeah, uh, these are trying so, times for Florida. Six and seven last year. They're coming off, you know, the heels of a tough year, and you know they're itching to get you know the fan base, especially man. They're itching. They're building that new stadium down there. I think. There may be something fun going on in Florida this year. I hope we get to see it. I, I'm not saying anything crazy, but five and a half wins. Give me that all day. Um, skip on over, B. Talk about the Big Ten for me. You want to go into records first? Yeah, let's just talk because I think the conference champion stuff is going to go. Some of those are off the bat. You already know what they're going to be. But give me some win season over under totals if you have any. I'll give you four teams. Uh, I think Michigan's going to go undefeated in the regular season, 12-0. and 0. I think Luke Fickle and the Wisconsin Badgers are going to go 11-1. and 1. Uh, I, think, I think they're going to have a great year. And the only question I have with Coach Fickle is, does he roll out with the T period 
A E period A period M period on the back of his pullover, or does he go with N period I period L period? Because that's why he left Cincinnati to go somewhere we could, where he could have a piggy bank to bring in some players. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the guy's a great coach. I think that staff's good. Um, they return uh, a bunch of starters, 18 returning starters. They play Ohio State and Iowa at home. They don't have to play Michigan. They have a very favorable schedule. Yep. Uh, Coach Fickle took two of Cincinnati's top offensive linemen with him and Jake Renfro and Joe Huber. Yeah. Uh, I know Phil Steele said he was concerned about their offense um, because of the style of offense, you know, Coach Fickle plays. But I'm telling you, um, from what he did at Cincinnati, if he has an O-line, which he does, he will pound the football and beat you down. And I, I, I think they're going to have a great year. So 11-1 and regular season for Wisconsin. On the flip side, the Ohio State Buckeyes have Michigan, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame on the road. They have their typical cupcakes mixed in there in the Youngstown State Penguins and Western Kentucky. Um, but I'm I'm saying Ohio State will go nine and three this year. The folks in Columbus will lose their minds. They'll want they'll question whether Ryan Day should be fired. But um, when you got Michigan, Wisconsin, Notre Dame on the road, that's going to be a tough year in Columbus. My last pick is the Purdue Boilermakers. I think the wheels have come off up there. You know, they, they lose their head coach to Louisville. They only have 11 starters back. Um, they got to play both Michigan and Ohio State. They're going to have a rough year. I say four and eight for the Boilermakers. No bowl game in West Lafayette this year. I could not agree more. Um, I don't have too much here as far as analysis, and you really did a great job there. So I'm going to leave a couple of those alone. I like Penn State over nine and a half, like you, uh, minus 135. I like that. Um, Wisconsin over eight and a half, minus 125. I like that. And here is my Florida SEC pick in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan State is at plus 135 to get six wins. The total is set at five and a half, and they're plus money to get that halfway point. Uh, this is an interesting one. Obviously, they went five and seven there last year. The year prior to that, they went 11 and two. The year prior to that, they went two and five. And the year prior to that, they went seven and six. So they're kind of on this alternating schedule here. Um, I think when you look at their schedule, Central Michigan, Richmond, uh, Maryland, Rutgers, Minnesota, Nebraska, Indiana, I think they come away winning at least. And I think to get to seven, you say a prayer, and I think I'm okay with that. I'm all right living there with that prayer. I think uh, Michigan State, this is a good time for them to have a little bounce back year. The quarterback play is what it all comes down to, so. We'll see. They're normally stacked in that running back position. They normally have pretty solid defense. So I will uh, live with that there. Five and a half. I think anytime you can get like that, that name value and name brand of football, uh, five and a half wins plus money. I'll take that all day. So that's, that's all I got there as far as it uh, concerns the big. Let's talk some big 10 conference champions and we'll start. 
division. So we'll go to the East. For me here, B, it's Michigan. And maybe we, you could beat around this and talk about this all day, really. This could be a whole 20 minutes, or this could be an hour-long discussion. But for me, it's Michigan. Ohio State has a tough road schedule, like you mentioned. New quarterback who did play well in the one game he played in last year. He started a, a game last year, yeah. and he set a uh, first-time starting quarterback Ohio State record of passing yards. He did pretty well. It was against a um, kind of a bad team. I can't remember who it was right now. But he, this McCarthy guy reminds me a little bit of Joe Joey B, like a young Joey B a swag about him that was really fun to watch last year in the playoffs he's like a baby-faced assassin when they run the ball the running back they got up there uh the quarterback play that they had at the end of the year they looked really really good like really really good i mean and obviously their record now against ohio state uh with ryan day is, says a lot it says a lot considering ohio state's past and their history and their dominance over michigan I think there's a turning of the leaf there, and each year people want to go back to Ohio State, back to Ohio State. And a lot of people that listen to this are going to be Ohio State fans and not going to love this. But Ohio State's road schedule, as you mentioned, Michigan, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, plus 125 here, Michigan to win the East. They have the 67th toughest road, uh, toughest schedule this year in college football. That's pretty much middle of the pack. Uh, hopefully this is a walk in the park for them and they get the big one the end of the year to get us there you feel the same way or you feel any differently B? I feel the same I think it's going to be Michigan and Wisconsin in the championship game like you I love McCarthy I love that kid I think he's a dude um, these guys got it going up there you know a lot of continuity as far as returning starters and rosters and coaches so um, I'm on Michigan and my Hail Mary pick is Wisconsin, believe it or not, mm -hmm. to beat them in the Big Ten championship game. And Luke Fickle could potentially, if that happens, have a statue of himself built in front of their stadium after this year in just one season. He would instantly be catapulted into a different realm of coaches um, if that was the case. That's a strong, strong feeling and a strong opinion. Mind it, I don't hate it at all. Um, I think it would take a little bit of luck for them to get there, but I do like the pick. And uh, one of us is going to look like a genius here because I'm on Iowa. Give me the Hawkeyes. I shit all over them last year. I always shit all over them. But you know what I do? I always circle them and I say, if they ever have decent quarterback play, they're going to be a serious, serious issue. And guess what? They finally have a decent quarterback. I love this play. Uh, plus 230. McNamara, the transfer from Michigan, he's given him a chance. I think they're going to ride his ass so hard this year. <laughs> the, way, the way that they've had quarterback play in the past has just been atrocious. They always have a tight end or two. They always have a, a decent running back. But such bad quarterback play is that defense is just completely hone in on the run they make you pass it well guess what you can't run the ball then either so this is going to be a good mix and a good change of pace for them i like iowa this year win the west plus 230 and i on the other hand you just said wisconsin do you know what the odds are on that to win the big 10 for wisconsin i didn't look at any of that no nope. mm. i'd be curious i did not look 
Um, I have Michigan here plus 185. I like it. Um, that's really all I got there. Big 10. You want to see who you got in the sec? I mean, this is the plain vanilla pick. Um, I've got Georgia over Alabama in the Uh sec championship game. Um, Georgia just, they've got this laying on a silver platter for them. Another reloaded roster. They don't play Bama. They don't play LSU in the regular season. Their toughest game on their schedule is at Tennessee on November 18th, which gives them plenty of time to get their you know quarterback humming by then. And you know they're going to coach him up. Yep. They get to play South Carolina at home, a very favorable schedule in Athens this year. And um, that's why I said they'll run the table in the regular season. Um, I, you know, I, I just think they'll, they'll get there and they'll, it'll be a good game, but I think they'll beat Bama in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even going to harp on that that much. So the, the East, you have Georgia, they're minus 380. Um, <laughs> to me, this isn't even worth the price of admission. I'm just passing overall on betting the East, um, I will say this, and I'm not advertising that you bet it, but don't forget, Tennessee was ranked number one last year for a week, and they beat Bama. This year is going to be a little bit different because of, again, coming back to as a recurring theme, Joe Milton, the quarterback for Tennessee. It's all about, I believe, this year more than ever, it's going to be because all these quarterbacks left last year even guys down to Levis at Kentucky. There's so many quarterbacks gone from last year that people are just going to be like, who the hell is this guy? Well, you know this guy. We all know this guy. This guy can throw it out of the stadium. He throws the ball seriously like 70 or 80 yards, but he's not accurate. I mean, he, it's crazy. It, it is actually, it's crazy. Um, I don't love him at quarterback. I think he's, you know, he's going to go out there and give it his best shot. I don't think Tennessee is worth it here, but it's a good reminder, and I think they do have a good thing going there. It's a good program. I think they're going to play a lot of good football this year. But uh, I just had to throw it in there with Tennessee. The West. Yeah, but Ken, Kenny, yeah. the only thing I'll say about that, and, I, and look, I'm pulling for them, but um, they got to play at Alabama. Yeah. And they got to play at Texas A&M. Yeah. So if they get through that gauntlet and win the West, they will have earned it. And that would be awesome if they could pull that off. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I just, you know, you have to float it out there and let people know. I I think you either don't bet this or you bet like 50 units on Georgia to win. It's one of the two. Uh, I'm not touching it. The SEC West, this is a three-headed snake. And in my opinion, again, all comes down to the quarterback play. LSU and A&M have more experience returning, but Alabama – as you have alluded to, dumps the clip. They just really coming into the season, not ranked number one. If you are feeling froggy and you want to fade Nick Saban, you can do it at your own risk. I am going to also sit this one out until I one and two, but at the moment I am liking Alabama and LSU uh, staying completely away from Fisher. Um, If, if, LSU ends up losing to Florida State. You have a number on them than 200. But 
Alabama not coming in the preseason, really talking about them should strike fear into every smart better that listens to this podcast. That is the best bulletin board material that Saban and those five star guys need down there. They don't they don't need anything else other than that that not hey, number one. So Kenny, I'm curious on your thoughts on Coach Fisher and AM. I know Phil Steele is high on them this year. Yeah. He thinks they're they're going to really come out and have a great year. I mean, they had a lousy year last year with a bunch of talent. Well, I but pulled I up guess my the book excuse... from last. I pulled it up. He <laughs> thought the same thing last year. So, you know, I think Jimbo. I mean, he had his day as a good coach, and they may be a decent team this year. But uh, I watched them play a lot of football last year, and. I'm just not sure that another year or any more experience really helps fix a program or a team like that, honestly. And I'm not trying to be that in a demeaning or a mean way, but the way they they played last year was just so sloppy, selfish. Uh, selfish was just the, the, the Jimmys and Joes, but they're just, they weren't in it together. It didn't look like a team. Yeah. It didn't, nothing about them resembled people playing together for one it was everything was about how good each individual person was and they got all the talent everybody knows that but i don't know i mean it wasn't like usc where usc had all those a whole pretty much a whole new team but they all come together in one way and they played decent they played pretty well i mean they beat utah they're probably in the playoffs a&M was not like that. They were the polar opposites. So, all right. So, what 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 you're really saying here is there there there's a huge chasm between Coach Fisher's ability to build and maintain a culture and um, Alabama and USC coach Riley and Coach Saban. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, that is what. And I'm I saying. And, and and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I yeah, that's exactly character what matters. At the end of the day, character does matter. Even if you have talent out there. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And actually, I remember betting on uh, Texas A&M last year. I'll, quick, I'll wrap this up. And end of the game, um, actually, Milkman and I both had Texas A&M. All they needed to do was pick up a um, first down. They were driving, and they were going to cover. <laughs> they get down to the other side, third and seven or something like that. The receiver completely stopped running his route, would have easily turned. It was like a five-yard out on third and seven. He easily would have caught the ball and scored a touchdown, and he stopped running his route and and just stopped and looked back at the quarterback. Didn't even make an effort or attempt to catch the football or turn up field or do anything competitive, anything. I mean, and that's bullshit. And seriously, that is bullshit. That. It is just a bad culture and a bad effort level, bad energy. And it's like you say, I mean, you you just can't coach that sort of stuff. You have it. You don't have it. People change. And I'd love for them to prove me wrong this year, but I'm not riding with them. I'm not on them. I think you're, you're looking at Alabama or LSU here, probably Alabama. And I'd say for the championship, you got to go Georgia. You just have to, they're minus one Oh five. I I'm all over it. I, I love Georgia there. If you were going to touch another team here, I would say it's LSU at plus 470, just better value. I think Alabama sits right in the middle at like plus 285, plus 290. So I would say Georgia or LSU, and I'd probably say Georgia. So I'm not touching it. Not enough that 
plus there for me. I think if, if you did, it'd just be a little sprinkle there on Georgia, and you'd also have to probably ride them to go undefeated. So that's all I got there, B. You got anything else? We are right about on time, a little bit longer than 20, but that was a good episode. A lot of information. We kept the analysis down, so I'm happy with that. You got anything else? I'm, I'm good, Kenny. It's going to be fun, man. I can't wait for it to start. It's going to be fun. We got into it there, and we will continue getting into it. Next episode, we'll talk a little bit about the um, Big 12 and the Pac-12. So same thing, same idea, season over, under, win totals, and conference champions. Thank you guys for joining. As always, we appreciate it more than you know. And drop us a like, follow us on Twitter, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. B, thank you so much, dude. I cannot wait for next week. We'll talk. Thank you, sir. See y'all.